Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today's Best Served Podcast 397. We're going to be talking to Edwin Sandoval of Catrucho on Honduran cuisine from pop-up to food hall to catering, the evolution of a brand, of what is a lifestyle brand, really. Very fascinated to have Edwin talk to you about that a little bit because I think sometimes as chefs, especially, we get very fixated on the restaurant, the four walls, that one kitchen as being the embodiment of our expression. And what I think Edwin is doing is like, it's very much about who he is, his culture, putting that on a plate, but that can take all kinds of shapes and forms. And I'm very fascinated in that. So we're going to get in that a little bit. Let's bring Edwin in here. Edwin, good to see you. Hey, how's it going? I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped show. up about this because you said a lot of words in our kind of pre-interview. So we were building that article again, everyone, six questions with Ed and Sandoval. Make sure that you get in and check out that article. Uh, you definitely brought a lot of knowledge. You use the word patience. Chefs, we don't have any of that. <laughs> you talked a lot about kind of understanding who you are. I think too often we think the only value ha we have is what we put on the plate. So I really appreciate that. And you broke the mold of the four walls of the restaurant, which, wow, that's like such an important thing that we need to understand. So first thing I want you to do, break it down for us a little bit. Catrucho, like what does that mean? Where does it come from? Uh, I love that you have such a, a unique name that really speaks to, to you, your culture. So break it down for us a little bit. Yeah, of course. And first of all, thank you so much for having me on uh, on the show. I know we've been uh, wanting to do this for a little while, but um, yeah, anytime that I get an opportunity to talk about Catrucho, you know, I I love getting on uh, on camera and doing so. But uh, yeah, the name essentially comes from uh, you know my sort of um, you know just having this deep connection to to my Honduran culture and just knowing and growing up in Honduras, everybody you know just representing themselves as people from Honduras in Ascatrachos, you know, which is essentially just like a nickname that we acquired um, in 1856 when there was this, um, you know, this general named Florencio Satruch. And essentially that's where I started piecing together the name for my concept and the way that my concept works is, uh, you know, my training as a chef is very classic European sort of uh, cooking techniques. So for me, I wanted to keep that essence in my cooking and in my concept, I wanted to keep an essence of history, but I wanted to figure out a way to modernize the two and make sure that whatever came out of it was an evolution of my cooking history and also what I'm trying to do for, for the future for my concept. Um, and that's essentially how, you know, I decided to name Catrucho. I said, you know what, if the uh, general's name was Catrucho, how can I keep the X, but instead of pronouncing it like an X, I pronounce it like a C or a K sound. And any time that, um, you know, anybody from Honduras looks at my concept, they're like, Catrucho? They know. <laughs> sounds like Catracho, you know, so it's hey. easier for them to approach. Uh, oh, but that was good. my thought, too, you know, just bringing the, the Honduran public to sort of feel a little more represented and being like, 
that seems like something that I that I connect to. And let me go find out if it is so. <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, it's a it's a personal exploration for you. And there's a couple things that I want to touch on because so many people here are trying to navigate kind of their own their own business aspirations, their own culinary aspirations. You've created two potential strengths and or weaknesses depending on how you approach them you have a difficult potentially name to pronounce and some people are going to be a little bit uh timid and scared and not want to feel like they're they're butchering the the word uh yet it kind of also has you be able to pre-qualify people who are like that looks interesting unique there's something different about it i am curious and i want to go and engage and, and challenge myself a little bit and you're kind of pre-qualifying people. So what's that interaction been like when you see people? I'm sure you see people walk up when you're at the food hall, let's say, or doing an event and they see the name and you look at them and they're trying to think and you know that they're trying to come up with how to pronounce the name. How do you kind of bring people into the fold? Absolutely. So, you know, when that happens, and for me, I try to make sure that you know, I have that very approachable essence to myself because I think sometimes chefs, we can be very intimidating, especially when we're in our, mm. you know, environment, which is the kitchen where we feel like we like we run the place, you know. Um, so for me, it's always that, you know, being very amicable with people and just saying, hey, look, if you have any questions, let me know. But it is almost a sifting through, you know, through a lot of different potential ventures in business, because I think when people see my brand, and it was something that it was an extreme sort of goal for me at the very beginning. I wanted to develop a Latin based concept that was just extremely clean, you know, that when people mm -hmm. looked at it, it felt like it had years and years of being developed, which at this point, it kind of has happened, you know, but uh, whenever I started off, you know, a lot of the people that I was running and bouncing the idea of Catrucho, that was the very first thing. It was like, hey, look, this is too hard to pronounce. But I felt like for me, that was a positive thing because it allowed me to really start that conversation piece with other people and, you know, really achieve my goal, which is has been to educate people, on not only Latin culture, but more specific, you know, Central American culture, but specifically, you know, Honduran culture. So it allowed me to kind of break it down into stages and figure out who was interested enough in learning more about the concept and learning a little more about Honduras. And, so I come to find out that more people in Colorado and in Denver in general have been to Honduras, but they never wow. experienced a Honduran concept um, that is more on the mainstream side. You know? You're really thinking about the customer journey. I think that's another unique thing that I don't think enough of us chefs really understand. We understand the, the culinary journey, but there's so much more that you're talking about. And the fact that you've identified these different layers that people go through allows you to kind of take them, through, like build that bridge for them. And I think that's really unique because, look, you have you have classic training. You've worked at a lot of, of French places, kind of those European places, Americana. Right. And then you have a challenging it's it's challenging to introduce people to Catrucho and to Honduran cuisine, which is completely unknown, basically, in this country. Right. And so it's it could be easy for you to fall into like being passive. Or even worse, you've seen it where like they feel a little bit whitewashed in concepts and you're like really, really holding true to that. So I think you have a challenging name, so to speak, but it holds you accountable. And that I think is something that I want everyone to pause on for a second that like you can create something that is truly unique and identifies who you are and where you came from without, without giving up part of what you really believe in and i think you see that a lot of times and it 
and it's sad when you're like, man, like you know the potential that they have. They're just holding back because of the, you know, the audience that they're in front of. So I, I love that you found that. All right, let's talk a little bit about kind of the evolution. You mentioned patience. You also said you kind of talked about how you're not just a restaurant, right? Like you are trying to understand how you interact with people at a multitude of levels. So going from pop-up to food hall to now looking into catering and events, things like that. Talk about the progression as a business owner. Yeah, you know, and that has always been extremely interesting. And I feel like the past four and a half, almost five years that I've been doing this project, you know, they literally just flown by. Um, and I think for me, one of the biggest things that I wanted to do with this project was that from the beginning, I told myself that this was going to be a life sort of project where if I really care for it enough, it would evolve as I grew as a, as a chef, you know, mm. and, when I very first started it, I literally would have people come to my house where I had a table where I could fit 15 people. And I would say, come and have dinner for free. I just want to see if my cooking style, my skills, who I believe to be a chef, are good enough. You know, when people come by, obviously it's free food. You're like, well, everybody's <laughs> supposed to like free food. But the next time it's $15. The next time was 30 Next thing I know, I'm doing like $65 dinners out of my, out of my apartment, you know. So for me, that was the very first thing that allowed me to understand as a chef that I had the skills, I had the the touch, you know, I had the seasoning to create a business out of it. Because I think at the end of the day, my thought was, what product can I develop and how am I going to sell it? And I think what I saw was that I had the skills as a chef. You know, I found myself to be very charismatic and I also knew that I could develop a business brand that would allow me to really, really push that forward. Um, and the way that I wanted to bring the concept out was by doing pop-ups and saying, hey, look, how about you come out and taste some of this food? And next thing I know, you know, I'm doing partnerships with a lot of different bars uh, around the city of Denver being like, let me let me be in the space. Let me try out my concept. I'll be here and I'll, I'll help you hold your liquor license, essentially, you know, I'll right. take care of the food. You take care of the, of the liquor side. We help each other out. Um, and being in a food hall was more about how is it that we can train the staff to understand volume, to understand what the right. pressure is? Yes. Um, and then once we finished up our partnership in the food hall, you know, I realized I have a talented staff. I have a solid recipe book. I have a solid clientele of people. Where can I maximize my energy to make sure that I make the most out of that and, you know, try to make the most money while still representing the concept and not really sacrificing the food and just like we were talking a little bit ago you know for me it was very important to cement my concept as you know a latin brand that is is doing like food from scratch from a chef driven standpoint and from a you know from a very culinary driven uh aspect you know and bringing that to private events and catering has been such a such an interesting sort of you know approach because i feel you know, whenever you get a, you know, a wedding cater or like a large gala cater, you're just like, everything was good, but the food, mm -hmm. you know, and for me, I feel like it's one of the more expensive ticket items when it, when it comes down to putting events together. So it's more about delivering that delicious fresh food, you know? Yeah. It, it feels like a, a trough sometimes when you yeah. go to those types of events, a hundred percent, you're like, everything's either like sopping wet or bone dry. Like there's nothing, there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. This is really great. Edwin, are you sure you're a chef? You like are a purebred entrepreneur. The way that you think 
the way that you speak on the way that you think and the way that you take action against that, I think is, is incredibly valuable for everyone to pay attention to. And I think also the like humility that you have to be able to be like, I'm probably going to be wrong on this to some degree. How do I then put myself in a position where that these little like micro learning opportunities create themselves? You may have micro failures within that, but it allows you to have a trajectory that it's incredibly unique. And too often we put maybe too much pressure on the next plate up that we don't think about the 10,000th plate because you're thinking legacy and lifetime Absolutely. versus you're thinking about the next plate up and balancing that. Fuck, that's hard, man. It's so huge. I, I, I really, really uh, appreciate that. And so for you, when you're thinking about, I want to know what's even next after uh, events and catering. Like, how do you see this evolving? It's such a lifestyle brand. Like, uh, I, I want to see the c consumer packaged goods. I want to see the sauces. I want to see yeah. the line <laughs> line of of products. Like, I know that's coming. Where does your head go when you're thinking about kind of the next evolutions as you're progressing? Because I know you're thinking about it. Oh, of course. You know, and <laughs> I think for me, it's always been about kind of like testing and like you know just dipping my feet into a lot of different. Um, into a lot of different situations, you know, there throughout the pandemic, you know, I was playing around with the, uh, with the idea of what would the branding look like on clothing. So we developed this like really cool track jackets, you know, and for me, I'm yeah. a fan of that, like eighties and nineties, like suited up track jackets. I don't know why, you know, but Dude, I love it. Hip hop life, man. Yeah. It, I mean, just even like people can kind of see it with the X over the corner. Like it just looks good. It does. You know, I see so your cool. brand all the time. Like, and it stops me in my scroll. I see the X and I'm like, Edwin's going to be up to something interesting. I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna check yeah. it out. But uh, yeah, you know, and I think for me, the future is just to even just laying out the groundwork now, you know, representing Honduras as much as possible. I think, um, if I was to get into a, you know, into a room where I have a larger platform to represent Honduran cuisine, you know, and like really be out there where people recognize who Catrucho is, I think that would be amazing. But, you know, my, as I'm formulating what vessel I want Catrucho to have, I think I do want, you know, a brick and mortar on its own, but I don't think I want to follow the traditional restaurant model, which is be open Sunday through Monday, you know, 11 o'clock until 11 o'clock at night. I think for me, I want to develop something a little more special where maybe, you know, the beginning of the week is cooking classes for adults and kids. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's, right. you know, dinner service. And maybe on Sunday, it's just, it's just brunch, you know, and trying to figure out how it is that I can develop a business model that not only allows me, you know, as the operator of it, but also my staff to have a more pleasant lifestyle because nobody, even for me now, you know, I'm only 31 and I got energy for days, but I don't envision myself working five, four, five, tens, you know, and then having two, three days off to rest. You know, you always get everything done in one day and then you have one day to kind of sit alone and be like, what am I doing with my life? You know? <laughs> uh-huh so you know look <laughs> i i think i think you're absolutely on the right trajectory and path i love hearing all this so it makes me excited to kind of see what you're doing next i'm going to try and steal as many ideas from you because our job with best served is to empower and educate those future leaders of the industry and this, the things you're talking about are different it's not perpetuating the same tropes that got us to this point and has been exposed as this industry is not viable and sustainable the way that we came up. And so I uh, really appreciate that. Other thing now that popped in my head for, for you to take, I want to see the, 
the Honduran um, Travel and Tourism Board to spend some money on you, my friend, because they have got an ambassador to the nth degree. And uh, uh, I know that I've seen the the Peruvians did an amazing job in South America of bringing attention to Central and, and what's happening down there. So it's time for Honduras to uh, find some ambassadors and this is this is your pitch reel is, right this here is man. It, you know, this you is know. where it starts i love it somebody somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who works at the travel and tourism office in honduras uh i believe in that intention let's put it out there let's make Absolutely. sure that uh Catrucho is representing you're already doing it so you might as well uh get a little bit more clout it, and uh, some support behind you so appreciate make it, it a little more official you know and that's the thing too man i think for me um you know especially being in denver where the honduran population I know that there's a lot of Hondurans here, but we're almost like in the underbelly. So that's why mm. I felt like I wanted to put myself in a position where, you know, there would be this light sort of shined on me. But at the same time, I felt responsible enough to say, you know what, not only can I represent myself as a chef, but I can represent myself as a chef born and bred in Honduras, who is now shifting his career to more, you know, to serve more of that Honduran, you know, Honduran population and Honduran pride, you know. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. I, I feel very lucky to be, you know, to be able to do this for sure. Appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate your time today. Uh, thanks for being on. Absolutely, man. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. All right, everybody. That is it for this episode. If I learned anything from Edwin patience. Wow. Wish I had uh, learned that lesson long, long ago in the uh, restaurant industry, understanding that you're a lifestyle brand. You need to break the the four walls of the restaurant, I think, is important. And be true to who you are. Like, really, really lean into that. Sometimes it's better to be different than to be better. And I think in the uniqueness now, everybody's trying to be everything for everybody. And Edwin is trying to be something for a very specific group of people that he's trying to represent and trying to bring people into the fold. So that's it. Appreciate you all. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.